This is Shi'ar Jeshub, which in Hebrew means, a remnant shall return. Hi, I'm Patty Scalzo, and today, our church fellowship of Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, is blessed to bring you this section of the Heavenly Authority series. My husband, Pastor Greg Scalzo, authored and taught this series as a through the Bible, in-depth study. Pastor has been in 1 Kings chapters 1 and 2, and we've seen the attempt by Adonijah to usurp the throne, and David's response of having Solomon proclaimed to succeed him as king. When we left off, Pastor Greg was reading David's instructions to Solomon to be strong and prove himself a man, to keep the charge of the Lord and walk in his ways, and keep his commandments so that Solomon would prosper in all that he does. Before we go back into the Sunday message, let me invite you to visit the Shi'ar Jashub website, where you will find information about our church and an archive of sermons and commentaries for serious Bible study glorifying our Lord Jesus. The address is www.shiarjashub.org. Here now is Pastor Greg Scalzo. Trouble comes to Israel when Solomon sins and breaks God's law. All in authority, both civil and religious, must submit to God Almighty to prosper, must submit to God's ways, His holy word, His commandments to prosper in leadership and that their nation or their people or their congregation or their family might prosper. Leadership does not mean making up your own rules, your own ideas. Leadership does not mean being empowered to do what you want. That's what Adonijah would do. That's what the Antichrist would do. But God's holy leaders are servants first and foremost to him. And they have to obey him, be submissive to him, and follow his way. They can't make it up as they go along what they want. They're just stewards proclaiming and doing what God wants. And isn't this idea that those in leadership can make up new laws and new ways, isn't that what we see happening in our courts, in our country right now? The Judeo-Christian moral principles that have formed the foundation of our civil laws are being continually removed. We have new ideas, fresh ideas of what is right and what is wrong, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable, rather than our leaders following the basic moral principles of the Word of God, the way the Founding Fathers did, the way the laws have come down over the generations, we think we know better in our country than previous generations, and we're rewriting the moral foundations and moral principles that made this nation great. Of the Antichrist, we're told in Daniel chapter 7. In Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25, 
he shall speak pompous words against the Most High, shall persecute the saints of the Most High, and shall intend to change times and laws. Then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time, times, and half a time. Three and a half year period. He's successful. It looks like he's the king. But then Jesus Christ will come back and put an end to his kingdom. A characteristic of the Antichrist is to change times and laws. A characteristic of the spirit of Antichrist, which has been around for a long time, is to change times and laws, to rewrite God's holy word. And today our courts are trying to rewrite God's holy word and bring in situations, established family structures that are an abomination in the sight of God. Two men, two women. Before you know it, you're going to have families, marriages with three and four. But throughout our land, there are courts, there are mayors and people marrying couples and saying that two men can get married, two women can get married. The courts have ruled that killing a child, we saw a program last night on the development of little babies in the womb, and they show the baby at one month, second month, all formed, very tiny, but all the little fingers, all the little toes, all the body organs, but the court system has proclaimed that murder is not murder. Changing times, changing laws. Those in authority, both civil and religious, must keep the word of God, his statutes, his commandments, his judgments, and his testimonies. In First Chronicles, we're provided with a little more of the background of the instructions of David to Solomon. In First Chronicles chapter 28, First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9. As for you, my son Solomon, know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands all the intent of the thoughts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. That's First Chronicles 28 and verse 9. Serve him with a loyal heart and with a willing mind. And this speaks about motivation. Loyal heart, willing mind. God knows the intents. He knows what's going on inside of us. He knows what we're thinking, why we do what we do. Seek him. Be strong, be submissive to his holy word, and have the right motives. Have a loyal heart, have a willing mind. You know, many times people are called to a task, and they do it, but not willingly, not loyally, not with all their heart, mind, soul, and strength not loyal, not faithful to God Almighty, maybe rather seeing God as a hard man, reaping where he has not sown and gathering where he has not scattered as a servant who received the one talent 
in the Lord's parable in Matthew chapter 25. And they do it. They do the actions. They perform the service. But they do it grudgingly. They're not all out. They're not loyal. They're not willing. They're serving, but they're serving grudgingly. And God knows the heart. He knows the motivation. He cannot be fooled. Even if all the external actions for a time seem right. And really, if the heart's not loyal, if the person truly is not willing, how long will the actions go on? People give up. All too often you see, you know, it burns like a fire. Something starts, people are all excited, and then it just kind of burns out. And they give up. They get disappointed. They stop. Because when you're called to do a task, you must do it with a loyal heart and a willing mind. Solomon has a task. He has a leadership position. And David knows if his heart's not in it, it will not be what God wants. Those in Christian leadership must have loyal hearts and must have willing minds. For if you seek him, he will be found by you, David says. Ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. And then David says in verse 10, Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. You're chosen, Solomon, to build this temple. Do it. Build the temple. Do the work you were called to do. Then he concludes again. He concludes at the end, be strong. You were called to start it, do it. Be strong, be submissive, do what's right in God's sight, his holy word. Do it with a loyal heart, with a willing mind, and do it. Do the work God called you to do and be strong. We read in verse 11, Then David gave his son Solomon the plans for the vestibule, its houses, its treasuries, its upper chambers, its inner chambers, and the place of the mercy seat. David has all the plans. He leaves nothing undone for this great temple. And the plans for all that he had by what? The Spirit. So here, even in the Old Testament, we read how the Holy Spirit gives inspiration. Even as he inspired David to write those beautiful songs, he gives David the plans for the temple of the courts of the house of the Lord and of all the chambers all around of the treasuries of the house of God and the treasuries for the dedicated things. Also for the divisions of the priests and the Levites, for all the work of the service of the house of the Lord and for all the articles of the service in the house of the Lord. All the plans David has made up for his young son to follow once he's dead. Verse 14, he gave gold by weight for the things of gold, for all articles used in every kind of service. And we're going to read, it goes on, I won't read it now, there's all a description of the money and the gold and the silver David gives. And we'll read it in a few minutes more about that. But he doesn't just say to Solomon, Solomon here, do this. He encourages Solomon, he gives him a plan. He prays and seeks God's face to know 
exactly how that temple should be built. It would be a mean thing for David to say, Solomon, build this temple and then not be concerned whatsoever with how Solomon's going to do it. When someone has a task like Solomon has, there needs to be encouragement, even as Barnabas encouraged Paul. There needs to be help and assistance. And David has a plan made out, and David puts his money where his mouth is, and he says, here, here is gold to build these things. And he equips Solomon in his position of authority and leadership. You can join Pastor Greg on the web at www.shiarjeshub.org. The Shear Jeshub website has information about our church and services, including the history of our church and articles of faith. There is also an extensive library of our radio programs and commentaries by Pastor Greg on important topics. Right now in the commentary section, you will find an intriguing analysis by Pastor on capitalism. There is much debate in the Christian community on this topic of money, wealth, and the role of government. And Pastor has written an article based on sound biblical principles. The address again is www.shearjashub.org. That's S-H-E-A-R hyphen J-A-S-H-U-B dot O-R-G. And as always, you can join us for Sunday service at 10 a.m. in the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut. May the Lord Jesus bless you as you serve Him.